Welcome to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. It's time to make mental health a normal conversation with your host, Shane Kelton. Welcome to the podcast, Power, Strength and Vulnerability. I'm your host, Shane Kelton, and today I have a lovely guest with me. She is my fiancée, Alicia Mortley. Welcome. Thank you, Shane. How are you? Oh, super. Thanks. Thanks for asking. You're very kind. Uh, so, so we had Alicia on the other week and she spoke about her anxiety, her separation and a text message, a sex, sex message that uh, went horribly wrong. And if you want to go back and listen to that, you are more than welcome. But today we're going to talk about me. So obviously the, a few of the first podcasts are a lot to do with me. Uh, and I basically wanted to do that so everyone could get a fair idea of who I am as a person and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And the fact that I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have the support around me from my uh, family and friends and fiance. So today, the first question to you, Alicia, and she knows nothing about what I'm going to ask. So she's nervous. Um, we met in 2017 around September. I probably should know. <laughs> this is testing him. <laughs> yep, it was. Um, when was the first time and how was the first time I told you I had depression? Um, I think it was like straight away. Like, um, before I went on a date with Shane, I already had a friend tell me a bit of a background story about Shane anyway. Um, so I already knew some information about Shane anyway, but he was pretty up, uh, you know, very open from the start that, um, about that he had depression. And, um, I don't know how much, can't really remember how much detail he actually went into, but, um, yeah, it was pretty early on when you told me. Yeah. Was it first date? Yeah. I reckon it was like, we spoke a lot on that beach. Um, a lot of it I don't remember, but yeah, I reckon you would have, yeah, definitely told me then. Um, obviously you knew a little bit about it before going on that date and before I uh, told you, you still went on that date with me knowing I had this, why? Um, I'm a firm believer in don't judge a book by its cover, um, in that a lot of people, you know, one of my girlfriends was, yeah gave me information and I was kind of like, yeah, well, that's your opinion. I've got my own opinion to make about this guy. And yeah, he's had, a, he's got a background and I kind of then put it back to myself and go, well, I've got a background as well. And I, you know, you can't judge someone with the mistakes that they've made or what's happened in the past that they've done either. So, um, I, yeah, I knew obviously information about him, but I just, I wanted to give him a go, you know, um, it's, I think it's, it's that person to, you know, people grow and make um, from their mistakes. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to know the type of person he was. Did that person, uh, your friend, tell you that I tried to take my own life before? Um, or no, I, I don't think she did. Did I, think, I tell you that early on? Or? Yeah, I think he, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did tell me early on that you did. Um, I guess the question in hindsight, which is very, very hard to answer, I know there's probably a lot of people listening that go through depression or have partners with depression or whatnot, but are you glad that I was upfront and honest straight away so it gave you the chance right then and there or would you have preferred I left it for six months, you got to know me and then I threw it all at you then or is that just unfair in your opinion? No, I I, I do my, do prefer that you were upfront and honest with me um, because I didn't want you to, I didn't, you know, I want, if we were going to have a relationship, um, I wanted to start our relationship like, you know, making sure that we were honest right from the start. Um, so I am glad, like, it was obviously overwhelming hearing, you know, probably some of that information um, because I've never, 
you know, been, I've never had friends or been in relationships with anyone who's had depression. That so you know of. that I know. Of. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's true actually. Um, so yeah, I much prefer that you were upfront and honest with me because I think it would have been, you know, it would have been something that it's like, well, why are you trying to hide this from me? If you brought it up six months down the track. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I am glad that you were upfront and honest about it and um, right from the start. Do you think if people are heading into a relationship, this is something that should be mentioned first date, third date, first week, whatever. What, I mean, every relationship is different, every person's different, but on a whole, when should it be done? I think it needs to be done early on. Like, if you want, if you want, something to come out of that like first date or you know if you are cut first couple of dates in it's you know i'm a firm believer in being upfront and honest with your partner um don't try and keep secrets like that's just who you are um and it's up to that other person whether or not they want to date you and continue dating you um and for them not to like if they want to stop well that's their decision but um if you're not going to be upfront and honest with them and you're going to keep hiding this from them it's something it's like well are you trying to hide the person that you actually are so I think it is really important just to be upfront and honest with your partner and space, you know, it's up to them whether or not they want to continue in that relationship with that person. So if I walked away after you told me about your anxiety and about the sexting incident, you know, yep. what, what were your thoughts be? Um, because, because this is what you could have done after our first date when I said I'd suffered depression and suicide. Yep. Um, look. I would have been upset about it, but um, there's nothing, obviously, that's nothing I can do about it because that's something that's already happened. And, um, you know, you, I don't know, it's like either you couldn't, you can't deal with that or you don't like that background past of me. Um, and it's okay. It's okay. There's that's the thing. It's, that. yeah, there is nothing wrong with that. It's kind of like, all right, well, that person didn't like that I've got this background, but there is someone out there that will be fine with it. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important though, just to be upfront and honest and let the person, like, let them know. Because if you're having a shit day and you're like kind of going, oh, what's going on? And you haven't told them that you're got a mental health illness. It's kind of like, yeah, then that the person then starts taking it personally. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had probably around five girls I've gone on one date with and never, ever heard from again. And fact is, it's probably more, well, it could be two things. It could be, I thought I was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> truth be told but it could have been the fact that I, I disclosed that I was depressed and had suicide before um, and I think I mentioned suicide on the first day but it's something I do mention eventually because they're going to find out about it um, and the worst thing you can, they can do is find out by another source yeah, later down the track I think I would have hated that knowing that you would have kept that from me and then found out from someone else so yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah be upfront honest and obviously I'm very public so it wouldn't have taken long before someone no. told you <laughs> Definitely not. Or said, be careful. Yeah. Um, so what was those first few months for you like being around me um, as we later realized that I was suffering pretty b- bad depression, anxiety at the time? Like what was that like for you? Um, to describe it, it was a roller coaster. Um, like there was... Well, so- always fun. <laughs> yeah, there were some fun moments, but there was some, you know, moments that I... There were definitely moments that I was second guessing myself and what am I doing because um, I didn't know how to deal with someone who had depression. I, I didn't know what to do when someone was suffering or, um, and a lot of the times, and I still do, but I'm not as bad, um, 
I was taking everything personally. So any time that Shane would like be in a real, you know, bad mood or really shitty mood and he'd get angry at me, I would take it really personally. And I think, I don't know how many, how many times I cried early on in our relationship, but, um, it's because I just took everything personally. Um, but then there was moments of like really happy times. And then I was like, no, no, this is all right. This is all right. Maybe this is just, you know, just be bad patches with Shane. Um, and like, you know, as we've, we have figured out that he was in a really bad depressive state at that point in time. So I suppose that was a really challenging time for us. But there was no middle ground, was there? No. It was up or down. Correct. It really was. There's no consistency <laughs> with it or anything. There was no consistency. And then sometimes like we would be, we would have a really good day, say in the morning. And then all of a sudden we'll just hit rock bottom. And I'll be like, what the hell just happened? And like, I just, I wouldn't know. Um, whether or not there was a trigger during a daytime or whether or not I said something and I just keep rewinding myself going, what the hell happened? I don't know how that all of a sudden went from such an awesome morning to this part in the day. What we're on that, about what you thinking that it was you and taking things personally, what did you do at the time to try and manage that? Probably unsuccessfully most of the time then. Then what did you learn over the last 18 months to do going forward for those people that are in the relationships or have a friend or family member that they're really close to that because no doubt there'd be people that would think they're not helping and they feel like it's their fault and they feel like they're overstepping when really none of that's happening yeah um okay so i think a lot of times back then and as said i'm still i'm still learning about it as well um but i'm i do think i am a bit better now but i think back then i would continuously keep trying to talk to him and that was just not the right method um, because then the, the talking, you know, uh, the tone in our voices would start to get angry and angry at each other, we'd get louder at each other, we'd just keep getting snappy and we'd just keep, it would be just like on a massive fight and <laughs> no one was getting anywhere and, but <laughs> I think we're, we're both very stubborn people and we just kept going at each other and um, I know at that point in time, I look back and go, well, what was I doing? Like, why was I trying to fight against it all the time? Um, and now I think at times I look back and go, yeah, and now I want to just take a step back and just sometimes, and you know, I say that now when we're not having this arg- and any arguments or anything. Um, but, you know, I do need to just keep reminding myself, all right, if he is in this angry mood or is, you know, in a bit of a depressive state that I've just got to kind of take a step back and just not try and fight against him, with him. Um, because then, you know, back then I remember we'd fight, we'd fight, we'd fight and get angry at each other and then I'd cry. And then me crying makes him feel even worse. Um, and so now I'm just like, I try to keep my emotions intact. And if I do want to cry, um, I do cry less now, heaps less, um, but I just go off privately and do it because sometimes like the emotion still build, builds up inside me, but I don't want to cry now in front of shame because I know that makes him feel worse. So I make sure that, you know, just walk away from the, if we've had a confrontation, just give each other space. Um, and then yeah, if I do feel emotional about, you know, I might have a cry by myself, but then Keep, keep telling myself that it's not personally. Don't take it personally. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing. And I know I've spoken to um, Shane's mum, Sally, so many times. Um, we've caught up a number of times because obviously, you know, she's grown up with Shane. So she has had a lot of um, practice, I suppose, of dealing with him in these situations. And I suppose I'm only very new to it. So she 
so many times um, she gave me the same advice just constantly. Just I kept saying, don't take it personally, just be in the same room with him, um, just don't talk to him, wait for him to come talk to you. And so I just kind of keep telling myself those particular things um, at times. And look, when she says don't take it personally and I say to myself, yeah, no, I know. Like, at, at the time it's really hard, but um, I know the more, you know, if, the more I go on and the more that we keep going on in our relationship, um, I will get better at that and not take it. Like I'm a very emotional person as it is. So, um, yeah, I am slowly getting better at that, but it's just going to be something that happens over time. All right. That's four minutes of me being this horrible person. I love him. I wouldn't be marrying him if I did it. I don't want to make him out like this evil person. I wouldn't still be here. <laughs> no, but like, and I, I started to say that as a joke. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a good person at times and stuff like that, but I know I have my flaws, but what what happens after those like fights and stuff like for us like we're we're back to normal yeah. um and I suppose that's that's one thing I learned about Shane very early on is that um he got over things very quickly like if we had a fight about something five minutes later he'd be like what what did we fight about like he just completely forget about it because it's kind of like let's just move on we had the fight it's done and let's just move on now and I suppose. Early on, I would be kind of keep bringing it up, and oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, are you still talking about that?" And I don't know, it was just something I just did. I don't know why. Um, you, oh, it's normal though. Like yeah. you need, you want to, you want a conclusion, you want an ending, yeah. you want something, you want to be able to move on. You need that closure, yeah, and that's normal. But for me, rehashing those instances makes me go back to those that play that yeah. dark place I was, yeah. and it's reliving that in time straight after which is pretty hard but we do talk about a lot of this stuff days after when it's past yeah basically yeah. when we can both sit down as unemotional as we yeah. can and i think that's probably the key for both of us we're both very emotional and people who have depression anxiety any mental health disorder can be quite emotional um without even knowing it so the best thing to do is leave it for a few days and then speak about it unemotional yeah definitely and i think there's times that we've brought it up and we just laugh about it these times like when we are when you're yeah we're not emotionally attached to it and now we just laugh about it it's like what the hell were we on about like so both being ridiculous yeah and it's either you know it just depended on the day if i've had like a sleep or anything that something why we'll just keep fighting about it but um yeah it is about just giving it but that's what I love about you in some way is that we have a fight and then we literally just move on straight away. Like five minutes later, you'd be coming in either trying to tickle me or do some stupid look on your face or try to scare me or something, and we'd literally just move on like try, just like that. Try and scare me. <laughs> I'm the king of scaring me. Um, I just scared her about five or oh, 20 minutes ago, and it was probably the best one yet in 18 months. It's super. Um, so over that... I guess, what did it mean for you knowing that I had all this and you had your issues yourself? Like, what did that mean? Did that make it easier for you? Yeah, I think it did. Like, um, just just because we were like, let's. I'm trying to put this in perspective that it enabled us to have more conversations about each other, yeah, rather than hiding stuff from each other. Because whatever we'd done, we'd do, we'd work through together rather than end our relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think it did help because I was able to, you know, you knew my background and I suppose you helped me when I was having some really shitty days um, and vice versa in that sense. But we'll be able to, to work through it together at times. Like we both knew that we'd 
Um, we've done some things in the past and um, I suppose give each other that space that we needed because we kind of understood like if that person was having a bad day and you kind of put it back to yourself, you're like, yeah, that you know, I'll need space as well. So we kind of, yeah, be able to just read off each other a lot easier in that sense. Yeah. Just by communicating. Yeah. Yeah. And just opening up. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I have done a little bit better is that, you know, if I, I knew when my, my podcast was coming up or the incident was coming up, I just warned Shane and said, all right, just letting you know the next week I'm going to be feeling pretty anxious. Um, so I think it was good just to have, have, be open and let him know about that time. And, you know, I know Shane's upfront and honest with me when it comes around the time that he did commit suicide. I know that week or... Tried to commit suicide. Sorry. <laughs> Attempted suicide. <laughs> Attempted suicide. I'm still here. My apologies. Um, no, but like that week, like he did, you know, he tells me, like say if I've got forgottenness, for instance. Um, but yeah, it's a lot about communication and making sure the other person's aware of why they might be having a crappy week or day or so. So how important is it for you that I actually verbalise my thoughts and my feelings? In And when I say thoughts and feelings, I don't come out and say what's bugging me or whatever, but just to kind of help guide you that how I'm feeling. Yeah, it, it even if it's just a text message, you're saying that you're having a really shitty morning or something, I know to either... Um, not press you for things, um, you know, not to be constantly talking at you. You know, like I'm a talker anyway, but I know like either if he sent me a message in the morning, I've come home from work, I know just to come in the house and I won't talk to him. So it is really important because then if he doesn't communicate that with me, I will just be my, you know, I will just be my normal self and I'll just keep, I'll be annoying at times and that's just going to set him off. Um, so it's just so crucial and I think we've both got better at that, um, at just letting each other know that I'm either having, I'm having a shit morning, so just stay clear of me for a little bit. Bug off. And then I'll come to you when I'm ready, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's been like 18 months of us being together. There's been ups and downs and stuff like that. What are the signs and symptoms you look out for now within me to know when you know I'm not right? Um, yeah. It's a tough question. <laughs> you know the answer to it. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot, though. Um, when, oh, sorry. Like, just be honest about that first six months. Like, what was happening? What was... Tempers, like, if he had a bad... T- like, like, little things... Um, so, look, tantrums he would chuck all the time. Um, if little things that he couldn't um, actually do, like... I remember one massive incident. Share it. That's fine. This is what we're here for. Um, and really, it's embarrassing it, for myself, but that's okay. Um, so I was a nice girlfriend at the time, and I brought him to um, no, three new um, benches for the weights room, and he was going to put them together before we went to Thailand. And I think it was Christmas Eve um, he started attempting to put them together. Um and look, like any of those type of flat packs, they're, they're challenging as it is, but it's basically, you know, you've just got to work through it together and, you know, not get frustrated and just help each other out. Um, but it kind of got to a stage that, you know, Shane was not coping whatsoever um, and he was just absolutely cracking the shits and he just threw the spanner as hard as he could into the box and I was in the room and I basically shat myself and I was pretty scared at the time. Like I knew... There was no way he would have, like, thrown it at me or anything, but it's just the impact of it that I was like, oh, my God, what just happened? And so – and as soon as he did that, he, you know, up, up the stairs he went and um, it basically locked himself in the room. And I was just like, 
don't know what to do. Like I literally was at a point in time I was like, I don't know what to do. My mum had already messaged me that day to see if I want to take the dogs for a walk and I'm like, all right, maybe he just needs space. I just need to get out of the house and walk away, just let him cool down for a bit. And I came back and I came back to a message on my phone, basically him abusing me that I walked out of the house and not been there for him. Um, and I was like, I thought I was doing the right thing though. Like, and that's what, at that point in time, that's what I thought was the right thing. But now for, I know now for Shane that if he has had a moment like that where he's, um, cracked it over something so minor that I know I just need to be in the house there with him. And just not next to me. Yeah, just not next to him, just either in a separate room. Um, and then he'll come, you know, around, you know, out of that room and back to me when he's ready. But I now know not to obviously leave the house or any of that point in time. But, you know, he was, he knew obviously at the time when I came back and I said, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing. Like he was very understanding of it at the time. Like he was like, yeah, okay, I shouldn't have said that to you, blah, blah. But, um, but yeah, so that's a massive sign of symptom. If little tasks that he can't do, um, will set him off like um like finding trying to losing my keys yeah losing his keys can't find his phone um any anything that he may have just misplaced like the laptop anything yeah. like he will yeah that's a massive sign of symptom but it's not if it's not it's not a sign that I'm annoyed because I lost my keys it's because of something else yeah. going on in my head yeah whether I know it or not yeah definitely so that's why you know yeah uh, what are some other ones through that three month period um not talking to me. Um, I started to learn not to talk to you at night times because that was kind of like your wind down time. Yes. Please don't talk to me at the end of the day. <laughs> um, so that, that was a massive, yeah, one if, you know, if he doesn't start, I I'll keep trying to keep talking to him and then he'd be like, you know, give you one word answers back. Um, what else do you do? I suppose when he stops, um, he does not. He's not eating, like, or if he starts binging on food, um, I know that's a massive sign that something's not right and um, not going great. Um, so <laughs> not getting out of bed as well. Sometimes when he is in a really big, um, things aren't going great for him, he just wants to sleep and not really think about things and just, yeah, just switch off completely. Not face the world. Yeah, it doesn't want to come out. Um also, he'll switch off from training as well. So I know he does love training. And so I know um, when he doesn't want to go to the gym or anything, something's not right with him, um, definitely. Um, and as well, and this is what really came up um, six months in our relationship was if he starts drinking as well. Because I know I knew early on in our relationship, he told me he was someone that didn't drink. And so then I know I noticed when um, March came around in 2018, he started drinking quite a bit, and I'm like, something's not right here because he told me he barely drinks, um, and all of a sudden he just wants to binge on the weekend and drink on the um, at night time as well. So there's just that cycle. Yeah. And then I feel guilty and ashamed, and then yeah. I do it again, and all those emotions are just yeah. horrible, and it wasn't great. So as time went on, we managed, I guess, our team, our partnership together going forward. Um, do you think my depression and anxiety has got better or do you think we've learned how to manage it better? I think we've managed it better. Um, look, there's definitely been times that um, your depression's heaps better than other times, 100%, but um, we're definitely much better at managing it together. How, um, how else do you help yourself 
through this because this isn't easy on you. This it's it's unfair at times. I'll be honest. I know that. I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's fair, but. There's also in relationships, there's things that I don't like about you. <laughs> Hang on, I'm things, perfect. <laughs> there's things that test my patience and stuff like that. But I know that this is something that can weigh you down and it can really affect you. How important is it for you to look after yourself so you're then there for me when I need you? Um, yeah. And what do you do? Like, um, yeah, it's it's crucial. Like I remember so many times Shane always saying, you know, if he wants to help people, he needs to make sure he's right in himself. And it is so true. So, um, yeah, it is testing at times, that's for sure. Um, and it has played a huge impact on my life at times. Um, but I think I've got better at dealing with it at times. And so things that I have done, um, I used to see a psychologist myself that was originally for my, um, I suppose, anxiety and mental health problems. But I know, I, I, I think I had a breakdown at one point to Shane and I said, I'm just really struggling with you at the moment in relation to obviously some of his mental health issues at that point in time. And, you know, I, that's when Shane suggests, I think you need to go back to see a psych just to go talk with someone about it. And I think that helped immensely just getting it off my chest and just not bottling it all up inside me. Um, and even... So you went to a psychologist to speak about your mental health because of the way my mental health affected you. Yeah. And I asked that because I want to make that clear to people out there that you don't need to have a mental health no, issue... No, definitely not. ...to go speak to someone. No. You can go speak to someone to find out what to do about something yeah. else or yeah. to just... And stuff off that your chest. Yeah, and it, it was a bit of both to let stuff off my chest at times, like, um, and also just to get some helpful hints from her of what she suggested to partners to do in, in the past as well. Um, I also, when I've been seeing my acupuncturist, she's even suggested, um, and I don't do this, and I, I did it one day. That's and I know I should do it more because this helped immensely. Is to write everything down on a piece of paper and. As soon as I've written it down, just then throw it in the bin. Um, so it doesn't need to be, you know, grammar doesn't need to be spot on, doesn't need to be written in paragraphs, but everything that I'm thinking, just write it down on a piece of paper. And that just felt like a huge weight off my shoulders. It felt like I was speaking to someone, but it, I wasn't bottling up all inside me because I, she knew I, I, she could feel stress inside me. She's like, if you do this, it will relieve a lot of stress. And it actually did. It helped heaps. So I know that's a really good strategy um, to help. Um, I started speaking to a couple of girlfriends as well, but I find this one really tricky because speaking to people who don't know someone who's on a mental health issue can be really challenging because they obviously then, they don't know, obviously, um, I don't know what I suppose people with depression go through or understand it themselves. And so then obviously their focus is just purely on their friend or so on me. And so they were just worried about me going, oh, you know, this isn't normal, but they don't, you know, they don't obviously understand anyone who's obviously going through depression. But that's, but in saying that they may, they may understand it, but their care and their number one is you. Correct. So yeah, sometimes going to friends who care about you a lot probably just want to protect you more than anything. Yeah. And that's probably what they're trying to do. Family and friends will probably go the protection route rather than the helpful route naturally. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I suppose there were times that I did speak to them, but then there was other times that I kind of held off and didn't tell them everything. Um, I have, as I said, I mentioned earlier, I've spoken to Shane's mum quite a bit because, you know, she's got an excellent understanding of and has and helps me so much. 
Um, but then, <laughs> there's also times like I don't want to be a burden on other people as well and put all my, you know, worries because I know obviously other people have got stuff going on. So I also am mindful of that. Um, but then I also spoke to someone who has suffered mental health themselves and they were really understanding. They knew Shane as well. So that kind of helped as well. She was really good to speak to at times. Did I know this? I don't know. I think I've told you once before I may have spoken to this person. Um, but yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, sorry about that. We just had to put that on pause. I need to find out who that person was. Uh, so we're back now. Back back on topic. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's you talking. Like. Yeah, sorry, it was me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so speaking to people who know people have had depression in the past, they're really easy to speak to because they've got their understanding of. But yes, yeah, still speaking to my closest girlfriends. Um, also, doing things for myself as well. I started to neglect that and not started doing things for myself. So, going to the gym is something that I find really, you know rewarding in itself and sometimes I was neglecting that so I made sure no I've got to start I've got to stick to my routine um and not stress about it you know what what's either happening with Shane or anything I need to keep focusing on myself and and you like I can't stress enough of how important that is that you do that when I'm through my shit times like if I feel like what I'm doing is making you go off track. Mm. It makes me feel worse again. Like, and <laughs> know. you know that, like we've yeah. spoken about that and you, you've seen that like as well. Like I'll just, if you fall off the wagon, so to speak, I'll, I'll jump on that wagon with you, like, so to yeah. speak. So it is very important that you do look after yourself because like in a way you were like, you're a leader for me within that, the partnership, but I also know that it goes both ways mm-hmm. and that I can drag you down as well, which um, I'm trying to get better at um, over time as well. So, like, that is really important that I see you look after yourself because yeah. that gives me that sort of inspiration or that kick up the ass that, you know, I, I do need to do, do better and I do need to do more because I need to pull my weight in this relationship if it's to keep going. That makes sense? Yeah, That's definitely. Sweet. <laughs> if it's to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I think this year has been a massive learning curve for both of us. Like, obviously, taking a step up in the business this year, I've really, like, my life is so structured now. It has to be. And I've just, like, fitting things in. I'm just doing it. And, like, no excuses or anything. It just, things get done and I just, and I just do it now. Um, so, I don't, you know, in some way... It's like Shane's depression that that comes further down the track. Like yeah. we'd like just kind of forget about it at times. Um, and like if if he is having a bad day, it's kind of not. It is kind of good that I am out of the house at at times because um, sometimes he does want that space, and so other times he wants me in the house and, and at times. But um, yeah, my routine has been so much better, and I felt I feel so much better as a person. I'm less stressed, like less stress in a different way. Yeah. And so when I shit hits the fan with me or our relationship because of me, um, you feel better equipped to deal with it. Yeah, definitely. And we both move on quicker, don't we? Yeah, from yeah, that. yeah, um, 100%. Like you're able to let go of things quicker yeah. because you're not stressed. You're actually yeah. looking after yourself. And it's yeah. kind of like, well, when he comes to me, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to tackle whatever he brings to me when he brings when it comes. Yeah, yeah. When that thunderstorm comes, <laughs> you're ready. Um, yeah. Definitely. So, you know, that first six months, I guess, was really, really challenging. And to be honest, I can't believe at times we got through it. <laughs> um, there's one thing I do want to talk about 
in particular. Uh-oh. And this, yeah, it's quite, probably very scary. Oh, you're um, me the eyes. <laughs> so if this, this is something that we haven't really spoken about public, but it is our sex life. So I do want to let viewers, listeners know that if you don't want to hear this, um, tune out for the next couple of minutes. Um, we'll have a brief chat about this because this is something that has come from my depression and maybe some physical injuries, I'm not too sure. But basically since we've met, um, and we're going to start talking about it now, <laughs> basically since we've met, I didn't put, I didn't tell her we're going to talk about this, I basically have had a very, so I guess, very, very low sexual libido. Is that what's the word for it? Yeah. <laughs> I, bas- I basically really struggle with it. I've obviously later found out that, you know, physically and mentally there's some reasons for it, um, psychologically re- reasons for the physical part. How hard is that? For you? <laughs> um, this caused so many arguments, um, so many times. Um. And, I, I ask, <laughs> and I speak about this and I ask this because I know for a fact that there's people out there with depression and anxiety and physical injuries that go through the exact same thing in their relationship and no one talks about it. Mm. So it is seen as such a like no one talks about it. And you know what? I had a client when I brought this up before we met about my sexual problems that was a client that left me as a client. But I'm willing to cop the criticism for this, to talk about this, because this is going to help more people than one person that's going to leave my business. So that's why I'm putting this out there. Now, finish your answer. <laughs> we fought a lot about this, yes. Oh, we, we fought about this so many times. Um, why did we fight about it? Because I took everything personally. I thought Shane just didn't want to be intimate with me. I was like, do you not find me sexually attractive? Like, why are you with me if you don't want to be intimate with me? Um, because it's a huge part, you know, of being in a relationship because it made me think at times, why don't we just be friends? Um, because he didn't want to cuddle. He didn't want to kiss me. He didn't want to touch me. And I was just like, every time I just took it personally because I'm, a, as I've, I'm an affectionate person. And so if I didn't have that, you know, touch or cuddle or kiss, I would take everything personally and just think there's something wrong with me. And I did end up verbalizing this to him and that made things even worse because he was just like, it's nothing to do with you. It's not about you whatsoever. And hearing that was so hard because it's like, well, I don't understand. I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about then. Like, and so that was really hard because I'm like, I don't know what to do then. Um, so, uh, like, later on we found out, obviously depression plays a big part. We've obviously found that psychologically the best, well, I'm going to go into it, the best part of sex is the climax, really. And that's <laughs> that's where I find is the worst part because I suffer really bad migraines at that point in time, um, nausea, dizzy spells, poor eyesight. Um, so... The cuddling and the kissing in my mind so, um, subconsciously makes me think that it's always going to lead to that. And when I, when you, and I, and I explained this to you right from the start, basically, didn't I? Like, you didn't believe me. No, I didn't. But no. now you do. I do believe you. And that's like, it's so hard. Like, I understand that, like, that's what Shane's brain thinks. Um, but I keep kind of trying, keep telling him that I don't want sex all the time. Yeah, yeah. That it is just sometimes me just wanting to, it is, cuddle or just to muck around um because like i do like to have that intimate side of things because i find it you know if you as i said if you don't have any of that touching or intimate side of things it's like 
I literally feel like I'm just with a friend. So, in a sense. and then physically, mentally, sometimes I just don't want to be touched. Mm. And <laughs> you still, you still sometimes take that personally. Like, but how do you deal with that? Because that obviously for you, you may be thinking, well, why, why is he actually with me for a re- like, cause he loves me or whatever? Like, what does it make you think and feel? And how do you get past that more? So, um, it makes me feel, oh, it makes me feel like shit. Um, because I want to, you know, I want my partner to be, t- I want to touch my partner and I want them to want to touch me. Um, so when I get pushed away or, um, told no or get rejected, it's like, it's, it's like you're being kicked to the curb. You're just like, oh my God, like that's just a dagger. So that's really hard, but I suppose I have started to get better at it, um, and understand it better and not show my facial expressions as, as much. The huge disappointment on your face. And that, I can't be bothered with you lying on top of me. Um, yeah, so fully, fully clothed, I must add. Um, so, yeah, it is disappointing at the time and it is really hard to have that rejection. Um, but I suppose at times now I've just started to, I don't know, what I've done is just to move on pretty quickly from it and, I know, I suppose, remind myself back to the conversations that we've had and remember him telling me, it's don't take it personally. It's not about you. It's where my mind's at the moment. Either I'm not feeling great, um, so don't put pressure on me to keep pushing it. And I know I have in times definitely kept trying to, you know, put pressure on him and keep pushing it. Um, so I know if it's like he gives me the cold shoulder or if he's, you know, if I see a facial expression that it's not a good facial expression, then I'll kind of like move away from him. And, you know, it's still hard to not take it personally because I, I still do. Um, but, you know, I don't show it as much these, these yeah. days. And as we found out, it's there's a reason behind the pain and the psychological reasons now because the sinusitis that I've been yeah. diagnosed with, that causes a um, few issues in my face, um, which, yeah, makes it play up. Now, that is the end of, no, that isn't the end of the sex conversation. Early on in our relationship, uh, this obviously had a huge effect on you and you messaged someone else. You're messaging someone else. Oh. oh. Yeah, we're going there. We're going there. Oh, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm willing. But you were, you were, you're messaging, messaging someone else. Yep. And like I've messaged my ex at times as well. We've both done it. Um, but we're still together. Yeah. Um, but I just want to, I just want the listeners to know why you did that and what would you do if your time, you had your time over? Because obviously it caused a bit of a rift and stuff like that. Now I won't go into the message details of with what happened with this other person, but there was some flirting going on. Let's, yeah, there, there was. Basically flirting, which yeah. I've done as well, which we both have spoken about. Yeah. Um, I suppose, like, there was, I had no intention of cheating on Shane. Like, that, you know, that's both one of our ma- major things. I would never, ever cheat on each other. Um, and I had, yeah, no intention of cheating on him, but I was just wanting attention, basically. That's what I was crying out for attention, basically, because it was at that point in time where, we were in a real old place, intimate-wise, real low. <laughs> yeah. Really low. Um, and there was absolutely nothing happening. Mentally, as we found out a couple months later, I was very depressed. Yeah, time, he I? was. Um, and so I suppose I was just trying to get attention from other people because I was kind of like questioning myself going, 
what's what's going on? Like I didn't know whether or not I should be still in a relationship because um, I had people telling me, you know, if there's no, you know, any sort of intimacy, what are you doing? Um, so I suppose I was testing the boundaries a little bit um, just as supposed to get that attention from another male in a sense. Um, yes, it backfired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> should I have deleted the message? Yes, I should have. But, you know, look, I look back now, do I regret it? 100% I regret it. Um, you know, would I do it again? No, I wouldn't because um, I would like us to be, I, th- I suppose that communication back then wasn't, as good as it could have been. Yeah. Um, you know, if we had our time all over again, I think just that communication we could have improved on at that point in time and that would have prevented um, things from both our sides in a sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was only because, yeah, as I said, I was crying out for attention Yeah. basically. And that's like I, I only bring this up because I'm part of some anxiety and depression groups and I see this conversation all the time. I always see ladies and males talk about how themselves or their partner won't have sex and they want attention and they, they like, oh, should I? They ask the question in these groups, you know, is it okay if I just see, start seeing other people because this person won't be intimate with me? Mm. Like, And there's no doubt that this conversation probably goes in a lot of people's minds when the relationship isn't intimate. Like a lot of people with depression and anxiety don't leave the couch for days or whatever and they won't speak to their partner for days or weeks and of course the partner's thinking well why would I want to be with them and why would they want to be with me and in essence you don't want to hurt the partner so you're just like maybe the best thing to do is just do it behind their back kind of thing so that's why I kind of wanted to bring that up especially not you not knowing about (laughs) it Um, because I think it needs to be spoken about and we sit here now engaged made both made mistakes um, but open and honest about those mistakes and um, learn from them and, you know, we move forward and understand that we'll probably make mistakes again. (laughs) I remember a time before Shane finishes here. um, Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That really helped, I suppose, this side of things um, was he went to his psychologist um, because he was really struggling and I remember him coming back with this piece of paper um, that his psych made him do, made him answer about 10 questions um, about intimacy just with females, just in like does he find, you know, females attractive or has he found them attractive in the, like what's the sex life been in the past like, um, does he find me sexually attractive um, and all these questions. So that, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that particular yeah, so, task. Yeah, so the questions were, I don't remember all of them, but, um, do you find Alicia attractive? What, out of 10 it was? Out of 10. Yeah. So I had to say what I, what I thought, and it was a high number. Do you want to have sex with Alicia right now? And I answered no. Do you want to have sex with Alicia again? And the answer was yes. And then it was, do you, um, like, see yourself having sex with someone else? And yeah. I answered no. Yeah. And then do you see yourself having sex with Alicia in five years? And I answered yes. So what the psychologist determined from that is the fact that, like, it was – there was moments in time where I just, that was the last thing on my mind mm. and that's what I didn't want to do. And Alicia was the one I wanted to be with, but there was even that self-doubt in my mind and there was from time to time, that, am I in the right relationship if I don't want to have sex? Like mm. I, I berated myself, I felt guilty, I felt ashamed. I thought basically I'm this, I'm this shit human being for not wanting these things and at times it's like, well, let her go because 
it's going to be better for her. And I've said that to you a couple of times. If you want to walk out, oh. walk out. It's <laughs> the truth. Because I, you, you deserve to be happy as well. It's, I know you laugh, but you deserve to be happy as well. And we don't know if this kind of stuff will ever go away. We just continue to work on it and hope it does. So um, in closing, um, oh, we'll talk about the podcast and the reaction to your podcast. Yep. And like as you were very nervous and anxious and it's been released now and everyone should go back and listen to it. You were very, very anxious. We went out for breakfast and you basically shit yourself. But what happened? Um. <laughs> So, yeah, by, I was... By sharing your story, which yeah. you're so scared about sharing and you're so scared about judgment, what yeah. happened? Um, it was the complete opposite. Um, I was scared of judgment from my whole new group of um, friends up at um, Netball Club, um, the whole new, I suppose, business I was working in. Um, I was scared of all those people judging me for this thing that I didn't pass. But it was, yeah, it was the absolute complete opposite um, I remember on that day, I actually had two clients come um, with flowers and a card while I was training a couple of other clients and just brought me to tears thinking, oh my God, these, you know, people, they don't, they don't judge me. They're actually <laughs> supporting me. And, um, the amount of text messages that I received from, um, either ex students or, um, friends that I, you know, still keep in contact with. Um, or people who were my friends, but we just don't have that connection anymore. Um, so many people told me that how brave I was coming out and telling my story and they don't know, none of them were like, oh my God, I don't know how you got through it. Um, I wish we knew so we could have helped you at that point in time. So, um, and there was a lot of people who were telling you that I'd gone through something similar or yeah, they knew something had gone yeah, through something similar yeah, or, yeah. um, even one male friend of mine said, most people in the world would have do it. You yeah. just were the one that got oh yeah, basically. Yeah. But it was, yeah, really such an overwhelming response that whole week and um, even just, yeah, the week after I suppose and I, I released it and put it on my Instagram a little bit and, um, yeah, just had <laughs> constant support coming through. So it kind of, yeah, it made it, you know, so much worth, you know, it was worth doing, like telling my story and, you know, knowing that I've hopefully helped other people out there and but also – Taking that, um, telling my side of the story, and well, like, well, it did help other people. They told you it helped. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They actually said to you, "You've helped me more than you'll know." Yeah. Kind of thing. So, um, in closing, how do you see our future together, and with my depression, and how will you continue to manage, like your yourself through it, through it all? Um, I think we'll just get stronger with each other because. I will get a better understanding of depression as a mental health illness itself, but also your ups and downs. And I'll be able to pick up on your signs and symptoms or any of your, you know, something that triggers you um, a lot earlier. Um, so yeah, I just, and our communication, it's, that's improved, you know, out of sight considering, you know, since the time we started um, dating. So I think we will just get stronger and stronger with each other because um, we'll be more open with each other and we're willing to give each other that space at times where I think in the past I didn't give you enough space at times. I was more in your face. Um, so I think yeah, that will just get better. And I think with me managing, I'll, you know, I'll just go off and do my own thing and be like, all right, he's having to see the, need some space. I'll just continue on with whatever my routine is and just keep going about my day. What's your advice to um, other people out there who have a partner going through depression, anxiety and stuff like that? Um, I think 
Um, I think there's two key points that I want to bring up. Um, one, uh, you know, we've spoken about both of them that you've got to look after yourself because if I don't look after myself and have myself in a healthy state of mind, physically, mentally, etc., I'm useless to shame. Absolutely useless. So I need, or, and I'll just keep fighting back at him. If I'm sleep deprived, if I'm eating shit food, if I'm just not doing my things, I'm not releasing my stress in other ways. I'm just going to keep arguing with him. So I need to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to be 100% right to make sure that we don't continue to have those arguments. Um, but I think the second thing that's important, which I think we do more of now, is giving each other space when we've had an argument, time out, basically, and give each other a time yeah. out. Um, and what, as, as Shane mentioned just before, um, is basically bring it up two days later when, it's, when we're not emotionally attached to it and talk about it then. Um, because then we can laugh about it and we can move on from it then. I'm not trying to resolve it at that point in time because we'll just keep, you know, berating each other. We'll just keep being so angry at each other and saying things that we actually don't mean to each other. Um, I think it's like recognize, okay, this is a, we're about to have a fight here. Let's just give it time apart from each other. We'll come back a couple of days and talk about it. And lastly, what advice, let's say, I want you to direct this at me. But what advice have you got for the person who has depression and their partner doesn't understand or is really struggling with it? You need to, you need to tell them. <laughs> you need to speak to that person and tell them, I'm having a shit day. Either this is what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so I, you need to give pretty clear directions. Yeah, clear, clear directions. At times I think Shane's been very blasé about it. And just being, you know, won't tell me really much. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, do you want me to stay? Do you want me not to stay? So I think, and I know at those points sometimes, sometimes you actually don't know what you want. But if you do know what you want, I think you need to give those clear instructions to your partner. This is what I want you to do. I want you to stay in the house or can you just give me space and, yeah, walk away for a moment. Yeah. I'm getting better at that as well. He is. He's definitely getting better. Um, but I think the first thing that, Oh, I think personally on that question, I'll answer that question as well, is that the person needs to show effort and show that they want to help themselves. Otherwise, the partner is useless. Like, you know when I'm not helping myself, anything you do or say is pointless. Correct. (laughs) Absolutely pointless. I basically throw it back in your face. Yeah. So my message to people out there suffering is... In the politest way possible, fucking do something about it yourself. Uh, help yourself because no one can help you if you don't want to help yourself. So we've come to the conclusion of this podcast. I'd like to thank Alicia for sharing that part of the story. Some of it harder than others. Had no idea what she was in for today. Um, and so thank you, Alicia. Thank you for having me, Shane. That's okay. Anytime. Um, and I want to just ask if anyone else out there has a partner with depression or mum or son or daughter or basically someone really close to them with depression and they work on these things together not specifically what we've said today but I'd love to have you on as guests um, to talk about it um, with the two of you to find out what you do and what helps and what doesn't help through your relationship, whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, mother, daughter, father, son, mother, daughter, whatever it might be. I'd love to have you both on. So just send an email um, when the email address comes through in the outro. Thanks for your time. Happy listening. Thanks for listening to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the Mental Health Podcast. 
If anything in this podcast has brought up difficult feelings, please call Lifeline on 13-1144. For any further information, or if you want to bring your story to life, contact Shane at Shane at vitalityfit.com.au. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y-F-I-T-T dot com dot A-U.